It is awesome to hear your voices. It is awesome to hear my daughter belt out worship and bring me to tears and then say, Daddy, it's okay, we're singing about Jesus. Um, so um, let, me, uh, let me pray. God, I, um, I thank you for voices. And Father, I thank you for uh, men and women that get excited about a God who brings heaven down to fight for us. Father, I believe that all that is wrong with me brings death, and I believe that you conquered death. Um, Father, I am thankful for that, and I'm thankful for a baby. Father, that grew to be a man, that grew to die on a cross. Father, that you and your power rose from the grave because you love me, because you love us, because you are good. Um, in your name, Jesus, amen. amen. I am, I know... Uh, that I'm supposed to start a sermon off with a catchy illustration. I know that I'm supposed to bring some jollies and some giggles. Uh, but 2020 really hasn't, it's kind of felt like a joke, but like in a bad way. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's felt like sleepless nights turning into very sleepy days. And uh, I, I was going to have a cot up here and kind of start the sermon off uh, by preaching from a cot. Uh, but it didn't really fit on the screen, so Graham took a picture of me in the lobby. Uh, and uh, so you sleeping on a cot in the middle of a church may not be uh, really relatable, uh, but we all have sleepless nights this year, don't we? And uh, we, we have many things that bring us to that point of, of being sleepy through the day because we're wrestling throughout the evening. What's bringing you sleepless nights? Is it your high-strung kids as they're tied up as they're, not tied up, but as they're hanging out in the house all day long with all the energy while you're parenting on fumes? Is it, is it being the, the one spouse that has the anxiety of, of providing for the family in times such as these, or, or the other spouse having the anxiety of being provided for? Is it, is it it's all going to work out combating with the feeling that this don't feel right? Is it, well, my job is like super patient with the Zoom calls and, and whatnot, but come on, today I had a high-level a high call with some presidents and my kids are running around. How patient can they be? Is it, is it that feeling that's now starting to bring you sleepless nights where, where you know what, like 2020 has actually been good for me. Like I've actually enjoyed 2020. I've, I've kind of prospered through 2020, but I know it's been hard for other people. So now I'm actually starting to feel survivor's guilt. Is it, you're an introvert and by this point, you actually miss people. <laughs> is it the simplicity of being in a room like this surrounded by people, but now you're at a point where, you know what? I miss seeing a smile. I miss the simplicity of a smile, and all I see are masks. Is it the sleepless nights because I miss my family? Is it the sleepless nights where maybe your family is out of state and you're, you're staying up all night because will I ever see grandma or grandpa again? Is it the holidays that are supposed to be so uplifting and this year there's a void and it feels draining. These are sleepless nights. And it's so easy to feel lonely. It's so easy to feel confused. It's so easy to have your mind racing on everything and yet you're fixated on one thing. It's, it's I have all of these emotions, but yet I can't name any of them. It's I want God with us, but I want him on my terms, not his terms. 
I want us to see today as we go to, to Matthew chapter 1, as we go through, through the story that many of us have read before, the story of Joseph. And, and I, I want us to see that Joseph, like us, have, are, find ourselves in a dilemma that, that he didn't create. We didn't create. He's wrestling with God throughout the evening as we wrestle with God in our sleepless nights. And I want us to see that as, as he might be hanging out on a cot like we might hang out on a cot, that, man, his situation is not too different than our situation, minus the whole virgin birth and everything. <laughs> Let's look at Matthew chapter 1 now. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, undisputed this child's mom is Mary, where do babies come from? Two parents. Here's Mary, uh, had been betrothed, that's engaged. We're going to get into that later. The, the Jewish customs of marriage was a little bit more complicated than our customs. She's in, betrothed to Joseph. And before they came together, if we're going to be adults, that means they did not have sex. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. They're able to write this in a way that says this is matter of fact. <laughs> this comes from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, so now her, 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 his, his future bride is said to be with child. What is Joseph thinking? Did, did Mary get herself in a situationship? It's been cold. Is she Netflix and chilling, watching some Hallmark, and things just got carried away? What did my future bride do? This is weird. Being a just man and, and unwilling to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. So in that culture, the, yes, the Jewish customs for marriage was a little bit more complicated, but we're going to boil it down to two things. There's a betrothal period, and then there's a formal ceremony. In the betrothal period, you, you would have two families that say, my daughter, your son, they're going to get married. You would create a contract. It would be a legally binding contract. You would actually have a legal agreement. You would exchange gifts. You, the wife would not leave the daddy's house to go to the husband's house yet. That didn't happen yet. But it, with the contract sealed, you could start using husband and wife language. And if you wanted to end the agreement, there would be a divorce that would have to take place. But it wouldn't be official until there was a formal ceremony where friends would bless it, family would bless it. And then the couple, then the wife would leave the house. Then the wife would go to the husband's house. And at that point, after the formal ceremony, is when sexual relationships, sexual relations could happen, but not in the betrothal period. So by this time, Mary is four months pregnant. It's not public knowledge yet. She's still hiding it. So she's able to go up to hill, the hill country. That's why Joseph is able to end the marriage Without anybody knowing, he's not able to, he doesn't have to make it a public spectacle because not everybody knows. Mary, at this point, has had a visit, had, knows that this is of the Holy Spirit, knows why this is taking place. But as far as Joseph is concerned, Mary heard some crazy news. She's with child and she headed for the hill country. What is Joseph feeling? He hasn't had this visit yet. He's pained, he's confused. Was she taken advantage of? Who's the father? Did Mary consent? Is Mary who I thought she was? Does she love me? What about the families? We created this contract. What a, this is going to get messy with our families. You can tell in the text that he's heartbroken. You can tell in the text that he genuinely loves her. You can tell that there's no evidence of, of anger, no evidence of, of resentment. And in fact, the, the author says that, 
that Joseph is a just man, which in the original language means that Joseph is also a righteous man. Justice and righteousness are interchangeable terms. So, so Joseph is just, Joseph is righteous, and you see that in that he had the right to have a public stoning of Mary. Mary's a child, it's not my kid. I have the legal right to kill her, but I'm going to go about it a different way. I'm going to just to leave her quietly. He finds himself in a tough situation. Do what is right or do what is good. Do it quietly or have a stoning. Clear my name or do simply what is right because I love her. So he's wrestling throughout the evening because he thinks he's in a tough bind. There's a tough decision before me. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to end this marriage that I thought was going to be everything. And I'm going to go about it the best way I thought until God shows up. I was uh, at the well uh, maybe a month and a half ago, and uh, a buddy, Joel, uh, was there with me and Laura Milan. We were all praying together over, over the church. It was right around election season, and, and Joel came in, and he, he sent me this email and gave me permission to share this. He had, he had not been uh, working for 10 months, and, and after being out of work for 10 months, because he left a toxic environment where he didn't feel like he was growing, he's out of work, and then all of a sudden, on the same day, he gets two job offers. Isn't that nice? What a lucky son of a gun, huh? And, and so he gets two job offers, and then he starts wrestling, which job offer do I take? Both are very good. The one job offer, he said that his parents or his mom, his family, helped get with Horizon, and that he had a, a way to, with his family connections, grow and go up the corporate ladder. Then he also had another job offer from Bank of America, and that was more in his passions. More of like, this is what I want to do with my life. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is what I want. So do I choose between what I want and where I feel God has gifted me, or do I go with what my family is kind of demanding of me? And you could tell at the well, where we were, all three of us were praying together, that he was really, really conflicted and torn. He was praying his fiance is praying, and at, at the end of his email, he said, through prayer, God showed me my path and the decision that was later, later finalized. I now work with, the, with Bank of America, and I love it. I know that I'm in this position because of God. How many of us, when we're, when we're tied with this tough decision, I have, I have two good things before me. The lesson here is to consult God, and perhaps he might affirm one of the directions, or he might say, go a third option that you never even saw coming. This Christmas season, what I see with Joseph is, is, you know what? Some of us might have the right to divorce our spouse. How are we going to go about it? Are we going to go about it with mercy or a public stoning? You, you might have the right to, you, you, you're, you're divorced and your ex-spouse has, has a terrible reputation, has a terrible image, and, and you, but how are you going to talk about it with your kids? Are you going to go about it where you're destroying your ex-spouse's image in front of your kids? Then what happens nine years later when God might bring you back together again after you destroyed that person's image? And if you say there's not a snowball's chance in hell that you're going to get back with your ex-spouse, growing up I lived that exact scenario. The person that abandoned you this year is now sparking up a conversation. How are you going to go about it? Your friend who you had a fallout with 2020 has hit them hard. In your pain, in your stress, are you going to mercifully help them? Are you going to come alongside them? 
The situation that God is bringing to your mind right this very moment. You walked in here with a settled approach on how to handle it. Is it settled in God's eyes? Here's what God says to Joseph through the angel. But as he considered this, as he's wrestling in the evening hours, behold, the angel of the Lord, God meets him in this place, doesn't leave him in that place, appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David. If you know nothing about the Bible, here's a very critical portion of the story. Joseph comes from the line of David. Who is David? David is the the most premier, the most most respected, the, the greatest king of Israel. And God promised Israel, I will bring you a Messiah through the line of David. So Joseph, although you won't be this person's dad from, from a blood standpoint, legally you are his dad. Legally, Jesus is part of a royal line. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Why would Joseph be afraid? He loves her. I think part of the public, part of it is the public ridicule, his image. If I take Mary to be my bride, I'm saying I did something with Mary before I was allowed to do something with Mary. I live in a small town. They're going to make fun of me. It's my image. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, in all of his pain, needed God to be clear as day. Here it is, clear as day. Joseph, yes, she is a virgin. Yes, this is the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. It's a boy. Your gender reveal had balloons. Joseph's had angels. He wins. (laughs) And you shall call first name, call his name Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Behold, the virgin, clear as day, unique, Jesus is special, shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name, a second name listed here, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph, if you had gone with your plan, which was a good and just plan, you would have missed out on raising the Messiah. His first name listed here is Jesus, which means Lord, save us, which means we can't save ourselves, which means Jesus, as I read the account of Jesus's life, did not walk this earth just to be a really good example for us. He didn't walk this earth just to be a really good guy. He walked this earth to save us from our sins. He did not leave us Leave us with a plan for us to save ourselves. He left us with, I am your savior. That being holy God, fully God and fully man, he's able to do what you can't and I can't do. Reconcile us with God. What does it mean to reconcile? It means things are out of balance. When you bring reconciliation, things are in balance. Things are made right. That when things are out of balance with God because of our sin, Jesus died, took the wrath of God. And then when we believe it, things are made right with God. Now, if you know this story, think about how it's different. When, he speak, when the angels speak to Mary, guess what? Gabriel never says Emmanuel. 
When the angel speaks to Mary, never is it said, uh, Emmanuel. That's the second name listed here. Uh, It's unique to what Joseph is being said with Joseph. Why? Because Joseph needed to hear this in this moment. I'm wrestling through the evening. I have a tough decision before me. Let me remind you of the second name of this child, Emmanuel, which means God with with us. The first person encouraged by God with us is the man struggling through the evening, just like you and I are struggling through the evening in 2020, God with us. Ava, can you uh, come have a seat up here for a second? Again, you knew we were doing this. <laughs> like 2020, we have marriage conversations that are stressful. And Ava will, uh, will, will come to the, the kitchen table you know, like this, and, and she'll need to talk. And me being the great uh, husband that I am, She'll be blabbering, no, I'm kidding. She'll be talking, and uh, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, she'll be talking, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that, that sucks. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah, she cray-cray, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, the kids are wild, yeah. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll be doing that, right? Like, she'll be talking to me, and I'll be on my phone, and, yeah, you know, scrolling and trolling and all that stuff. And I think that sometimes that's the image we have with God. We know, we would never admit this publicly, but we know, we know God is with us. He's everywhere. But 2020, it's felt like God is just playing on his cell phone. God's here with us, but feels like this is what I'm getting from God. And I've learned in my marriage that I need to get off my cell phone, and I need to walk over to Ava, and I just need to give her a little hug. I, when, when we said I do, I said, I said in sickness and in health. I never promised her an easy life. I never promised her a life without hardship. What I promised her was proximity. I promised her I would walk through this with you. And so when I'm playing on my cell phone, it doesn't feel like that. But what she wants is me to put my cell phone down, walk alongside her, and leave the table with her. 99% of the time, when Ava comes to me at the table and is saying things, we don't leave the table having everything solved. Rarely do we have anything solved. But we leave the table with this promise. I don't know how it's going to work out, but we're going to do it together. I don't have the answer, but I promise to walk through it with you. And then we walk. You can have a seat. Thank you for putting up with me. God is not distanced on his cell phone. A God who came and lived and walked this earth, he's able to empathize with us. He went through human experiences. He went through temptations. And guess what? He overcame them, setting for us an example. My God is with us. The virgin birth is such where God did not, through Jesus, Jesus did not inherit sin. He, he was born perfectly. That's why the virgin birth was so critical. He's born perfectly and holy. So in Jesus, in this manger, I have a personal Savior. I have a holy Savior. I have a sinless Savior. And I have a sacrificial Savior. And the result for every single person that says yes to relationship with God Almighty through Jesus is this. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of what? Need. In our time of need, I have said yes to a personal relationship with Jesus. And in my time of need, I get to go to the throne of grace and say, Jesus, I still need you to walk 
with me. It's a game changer. It's a game changer that not everybody here can say. You know what a game changer means? Game changer is an event or an idea, a, a procedure that affects uh, a significant shift in a current manner or doing or thinking about something. It's a game, oh my God, it's a game changer. You, we don't get it? Okay, let me show you this from, from one of the Super Bowls. Here's, here's a picture of a game changer. Now, I, I hate this picture with all of my heart, and I apologize to my friends in New Hampshire that are watching this because this will, this will put us back into a state of depression. But if there are any Giants, in, Giants fans in the room, you know this picture, and you celebrate this picture. When this play took place, I stormed out of a Super Bowl party. My second-born son is named Brady after the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. But in this Super Bowl, Eli Manning is in the pocket. He's surrounded by all the Patriots players. The ref should have called the play dead, but the whole game was rigged, and we lost the game. Anyway, he scrambles out of the pocket, throws a Hail Mary. Can, Hail Mary, that's ironic for today's sermon, isn't it? Throws a Hail Mary, and David Stupid time. I think this is his only catch in his entire career. Catches a football off his helmet. They gain yards. They kick a field goal. They win the Super Bowl. And all the Giants fans went crazy. It was a game changer. And all the Patriots fans have been crying ever since. This is a game changer. My God is a game changer. Is he a game changer for you? Have you invited him to be your game changer? Are you able to approach the throne of grace with confidence? When, when life is hard for every married couple, when life is hard for every parent, when life is hard for every person on planet earth, we as Christians have a game changer. We don't walk through hardship alone because God with us is a game changer. And if that is not you in this place, if you don't resonate with that, I'm going to pause right now in the middle of the sermon. I'm going to pray and invite you to allow him to be your game changer. And it starts with him being the game changer over your issue with sin. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, I know you move. I know you are moving. Holy Spirit, the, if you are able to allow a virgin to have birth, if you're able to bring life where there is no life in a womb, Jesus, you can bring, Holy Spirit, you can bring life right now for those that are dead in their sin. And so I pray that there are men and women right now that are looking to you and saying, I need this game changer. If that is you, whether you're watching online or in this room, I ask that you would pause and pray something along the lines of this. God, I am sorry. I understand my sin brings death. And I understand I am not powerful enough to conquer death. But I believe that you sent your son to die for me. He lived perfectly where the penalty of death was not over his life. He died in my place taking on your wrath for me. I'm trusting him. He is with me and I want to walk like him for the rest of my life. In your name, Jesus, amen. If you prayed that, fill out the link or if you're in this room, connect with us on your way out. We want to connect with you and give you a Bible. And here's what this means.
If he is our game changer, that impacts how we proceed. It impacts how Joseph Joseph proceeded. Here's what he says. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. There's no back and forth. There's no angel. Did I I get this right? Did you really say like real virgin, like completely virgin? Jesus, did you, Holy Spirit, did you? No, he doesn't, he doesn't say, okay, Mary, come back from the hill country. Here's, here's, here's what the angel said. Now, he said this, is this true? Like no kid, no, no, no men, no, really? Like there's no, there's no interview. There's no back and forth. He takes it. He believes it. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. If we're all adults in this room, Joseph was fully married, but wasn't enjoying marriage until the child had come. And he called his name Jesus. So Joseph is wrestling through the evening. He's, he's torn between this decision, he, a dream, an angel, all of this. And all of a sudden, he hears from God Almighty, and he changes quickly. He literally wakes up and goes a completely new direction, selflessly, taking on Mary's hardships as his own, provides for her in a pregnancy that is not technically his pregnancy. He lives, he's from a small town. Can you imagine the rumors? Joseph's only allowed to leave Mary if the child's not his. So staying married to Mary in the public eyes that never had an angelic visit says Joseph and Mary did the dirty dirty before they were allowed. So he's t- later on, the Pharisees will say to Jesus, well, these were not ill-begotten children. Everybody knew it. Joseph takes on public humiliation. Why? Because God with us changes everything. God with us is a game changer. He forgoes sexual gratification. It's hard enough to stay pure before marriage, let alone in marriage. He is selfless. He counts the risk. He counts the cost. And he accepts Mary's difficulties as his own. Why? Because he obeys God. Because God with us changes everything. This is, we have a value when, when we think all Christians should value this, this, this value. Daily surrender. That if you and I call on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that we value daily surrender, which means that we're going to wake up and say, today, how can I pursue Christ's likeness? How can I be more like Jesus today? Joseph meets with God and literally wakes up and says, I am going to sacrifice. I am going to surrender. Why? Because I want to be like Jesus. I want to be holy as God is holy. Let me, let me show you a picture of an everyday average human being. It's my buddy, Wheels. I met Wheels some 13 years ago at Bayside Chapel. I came storming onto the scene as some punk 25-year-old youth pastor. Wheels was very close with the youth pastor before me. They were best friends, and then there was a lot of drama behind that situation. Then some punk 25-year-old kid that knew nothing of the situation comes storming onto the scene for a trip to go to Six Flags with a whole slew of students in wheels. He got his nickname because he's the wheel man on the bus. He meets me, and he gives me that big old bear hug. It's painful every time, and I love it every time. Day one, I got that bear hug. I still get that bear hug. So here he is, Wheels is helping, helping us with the, uh, with the Christmas production. I snapped a picture there. Wheels got, this picture with Wheels got 140 likes, which for me is a big deal. You wanna know how big of a deal it is? When my princess daughter was born, that got 180 likes. Wheels almost topped my princess daughter's birth. So apparently he's well loved. <laughs> There's a lot of people from Bayside that commented and said, man, I really miss wheels. 
Wheels had a decision to make when I was starting this church. He's like, I feel called by God to go with you, but man, I've, I've come to know Jesus through Bayside. Like Bayside loves me. I am Bayside. Bayside's me. Like it's, it's like this happily, happy marriage. And he, he said to me, Jason, I'm, I wrestled with God. God has bigger gloves than I do. God won. I'm going with you. Can you think about what Wheels would have missed out on? His son's playing, or his son-in-law is playing guitar today for the band. He's an elder with his son at this church. He would have missed out on that. His daughter goes to this church, and now, before he even knew it, now there's granddaughters coming to this church, and he's watching them grow up to love Jesus in this church because he surrendered and said, God, you have bigger gloves than I do. I'm following you. Joseph and Wheels are average, everyday human beings. Joseph is an everyday man. He's not a priest. He's the nurses among us. He's the police officers among us. He's the teachers among us. He's an average, everyday, ordinary man with exemplary character, exemplary compassion. He chose trust over fear. He believed what God said, and he trusted it to put into motion a relationship to continue the relationship with Mary. Why? Because God with us changes everything. When Jesus is, is leaving this planet Earth, when at the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus says the same thing. Go out into all the world, and guess what? This is going to be hard. But what does he say at the end of Matthew? Lo, I am with you always. I'm going to still be with you. God with us is a game changer. So what decisions are we making while we're scrolling and trolling? In the wee hours of the morning, are those the best decisions in the midst of all of this? Are we fixated on the right things? Or are we fixated on the right one? Are we fixated on the God who is with us or the ones who are not? Every time I, I try to preach, I, I try to have the word speak to me first because I feel like it's hypocrisy to, to speak to you all if it's not hitting me first. And so it has to hit me first if I can speak to you guys with any ounce of passion. And that concept is what hit me as I was studying this scripture, how it impacted me personally. People have come and gone this year. It's been a year of loss. It's been a year of pruning. It's been a year of celebration. It's been a year of all the emotions. I have found myself weeping about who's with me and who's not with me. In the chaos, it, it reminded me, chaos reveals things. Chaos has shown me who's in and who's not. It's revealed. Can you relate to what the chaos has revealed in 2020? In my learning, I have learned that it's in my nature, my fallen, broken nature, to be fixated on who's with me and who is not. Can you relate? So as I turn the page to 2021, I need to stop focusing on the people with me and more on the God who's with me. I need not people's loyalty to me, but our loyalty to God. God is the game changer. This is not something all people can say. Rain falls on the just and the unjust. Rain happens to everybody. But it's the Christian who walks through the storms and the rain with God by them side. I like to think that he's holding an umbrella over my head. So my challenge to us is that you would do a God with us reading plan. We're going to post this online. It will be linked below. You'll, you, we'll email it out this afternoon if you get our emails. 
It's a, it's a version app uh, that has a reading plan, God with us. It's six days. The, the picture is there, God with us. If it looks like that, you found the right one. I invite you to do the reading plan with us. Blow up the comments. Let us pray for you. Let us know what you're struggling with, what we're struggling with. Let's, let's be in this together and say, God with us changes everything. My good friend, Krista Raj, Josh's wife, Wheels' daughter, said this to me a, a few months ago. Thrown before phone. Before I go get fixated on all that is my phone, let me get fixated on the throne, the mercy, and the grace of my God. God with us changes everything. Perhaps this sermon is a gift to you because you came in here settled and determined to do something. And perhaps the Holy Spirit is saying to you, reconsider. Take a different approach. We're going to close with the song, You Make Me Brave. Whatever God is putting on your heart right now to do differently, it's God who makes us brave to act in obedience. Let's sing. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.